0: I hope we get a chance soon to hear from the youth and the leaders about the week sounds like it was a great blessing it's always a blessing to be able to be with God's people and to be energized by his truth and grateful they had that chance and Hope that we are able to receive a blessing as we hear about that soon. This is the second message in a new series about the church. Who is the church? What is the role of the church? What's the significance of the church? And this new series has been laid on my heart because coming in September 16th through the 18th, we're having a lay renewal weekend. The idea of a lay renewal weekend. Is that God works through all of us? Um, as Bob Foy, who came and did some training for us this past Wednesday, um, communicated, this is not something that comes from the top and moves out, but it's something that is at the bottom or among all of us to be connected, so that the sense of revival comes because we're all participating. It's not something you come and watch. It's something that you participate in or are involved in. I encourage you to be about in prayer for that weekend, September 16th to the 18th. And we want to have opportunities to involve as many who will be involved. So be in prayer about that as hopefully you have a chance to plug in and to be a part of that as we come together. This morning, the message focuses on why we belong. If you see your outline. We have five areas of importance of why we belong and for scripture reading I want to read from first Corinthians chapter 12 verses 12 through 14 so I ask when you find that if you'll stand in our God's honor first Corinthians 12 12 through 14 the body is a unit though it is made up of many parts and though all Its parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Let's pray. Father, here we are once again. In need of you, desiring to meet you, desiring to worship you. Father, as we consider being part of your body, your church, Lord. And how we belong because of Jesus. I just pray you speak to our hearts this morning. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Father, may we leave here with a desire, Lord, to serve you. May one, for the first time, trust you, Lord. We are not instantly in the body of Christ. It comes through that connection of the gospel as it hits home and as the Spirit of God draws us to you. I just pray, Father, you might do that work today as we worship you, Lord. Open our hearts, open our ears, that we may be open to you and follow you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week we looked at who we are. And essentially we looked in Matthew at that question where Jesus spoke to the disciples. And he said, but who do you say that I am? And he gave several popular choices of that day. And then he turned to Peter. And Peter expressed, well, you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. And and then he went on to say... I will build my church upon this rock. Jesus, the bedrock of the church. Jesus, the foundation of the church. Peter would later write in his letter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, describing those who belong to Jesus as little stones that are worked together in the foundation of that bedrock who is Jesus Christ. And the heart of of the church is to follow Jesus, to belong to Jesus, to worship Jesus as he is the central one of the church. But this morning we want to look at the next part of this series as we look at the concept of why we belong. First, it is because we are a type of resistance movement. And of course, what often comes to mind when we think of a resistance movement as World War II, where you had the countries such as France and other countries in the area who were resisting the Nazi occupation and their rule. But in this case, what we are fighting against is that three-pronged monster known as me, myself, and I. It is that battle of self-ruling, self being in charge, Proverbs sixteen eighteen tells us that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. The picture is that it's all about me, where there is no room for God. Chuck Colson wrote a book some years back of the ch- about the church. He was the founder of Prison Fellowship and I want to read some words he wrote from his book. He said, many Christians have been infected with the most dangerous virus of modern American life. What sociologist Robert Bella calls radical individualism. Christians thus infected act as if all that matters is Jesus and me. And in doing so, miss the point altogether. Christianity was never a solitary belief system. Somebody might say, but I'm a Christian and I meet with two guys at Starbucks and we talk about the Lord, so we're a church, right? Another might say, I attend a Bible study and we're all Christians, so we're effectively the church. And that's all the church I need. A university student might say, I attend a gathering of believers on campus. We study the Bible and somebody even preaches and that's all the church I need. The problem with this thinking is that it confuses the biblical definition of the church with people who make up the church. Yes, it is true that everyone who trusts in Jesus Christ becomes a part of the universal church. We all ultimately belong together in Christ Jesus and have the hope of being with him for all of eternity But yet, the description of the local church that's in the Scriptures is a body of people who actually rub shoulders together, who serve together, who know one another together, and who are on mission together. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it is described as a body. And there are many parts of the body that work in unison together in order to complete a specific task that God gives there's a description of some who are considered to be important, honorable parts of the body and others that are described as less dispensable. But yet they all work together as the same body to do the same work and to serve the same master. Matter of fact, as we go into scriptures, uh, starting at verse 25 of 1 Corinthians 12, he says, so that there should be no division in the body That its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers. Every part suffers with it. If one part is honored. Every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. A part of the local church. A part of a people who are joined together and who know each other and serve together. Matter of fact, a description of the church in the scriptures as we observe the different churches. And when Paul wrote, when the other apostles wrote letters, they wrote to specific churches or they wrote to specific pastors or servants of God. Who were ultimately connected. Not some universal church. that Where people didn't know each other's names. And share life together. Matter of fact. As we look in the scriptures. Here some concepts that come out about the church. It's a body of believers who set aside leadership. Elders. Deacons. That know the body of believers. That live together for Christ. They follow a doctrinal. An ethical standard of truth together. Many churches have a, a constitution or a statement of beliefs that they share together as they follow their Lord. A church is accountable to spiritual leaders and to one another. A church administrates baptism and the Lord's Supper. It's what they share together, those ordinances that point to Christ and His salvation. The church shares a testimony in a community as a group of people that point to Christ. But in this day of individualism in our land, the church is spoken of as something that is mystical, but not physically connected. Jonathan Lehman wrote a book about this epidemic in our land. And here are some of the concerns He wrote concerning this spirit of independence that doesn't see the church as a specific people who are gathered together serving Christ day to day. Some of these he is concerned about. He says Christians can think it's fine to attend a church indefinitely without joining. To just hide in the pews instead of working together for a cause. Christians think of getting baptized apart from joining a church, coming into a community of believers and serving. Christians view the Lord's Supper as a private, mystical experience and not an activity that's shared with the church body. Christians assume they can be absent from the gathering of the church and worship without it affecting their spiritual life. Hebrews 10 deals with that. and He says, let us not forsake the meeting. Of ourselves together, but to encourage one another, and all the more as we see the day approaching. And if some of these characteristics irritate you, maybe you have a little bit of that virus, but praise be to God, we need each other. We need Christ, but we also need to rub shoulders together and find the encouragement in Christ that He gives as We share life together, as we are on mission together, as we are following Him together. Josh Harris, a writer years ago, wrote a book. I kissed dating goodbye. I remember uh, when, when my um, own children were uh, younger teenagers. Uh, this book was popular, and I remember reading it myself. He also wrote another book where he used that same concept with the church. He entitled the book, Stop Dating the Church. And in that book, he wrote some words I want to share with you, some comments that he has viewed regarding the church and our culture. Here's what Josh writes. He said, um, Christians have an attitude toward the church as a reflection of the typical dating scene. How can you spot a church dater? First, their attitude toward the church will be me-centered. In other words, it's all about what we're looking for. Social interaction, programs, activities. The driving question will be, what can the church do for me? Another sign of a church dater is an unwillingness to commit, to get too involved or obligated. They won't pay much attention to God's larger purpose for them as a vital part of a specific church family. They'll just go through the motions without ever sacrificially investing money or time. Finally, Josh writes, church daters are short on loyalty. They'll eventually find fault in something and they'll be off to another place. The primary problem is that they have a consumer mentality. That is, they're looking for the best product for the price of a Sunday morning. Take my friend Nathan, Josh writes. He attends two churches on Sundays. One because he likes the music and the other because he likes the preaching. His involvement in both go no deeper than his own interest. At the first church, he slips out just before the last song winds down. Then he drives to the other church five minutes away. He's even factored in the time to stop by McDonald's for an Egg McMuffin and walks in just as the sermon begins. I guess you could say... That Nathan is two-timing this church. We're part of a resistance movement. It's not about me. It's about Christ. And guess what? When it becomes about Christ, it becomes about you. Because that's the spirit of Christ. Secondly, we belong to the church. We've been included in the family portrait. Because the church is, is not some mystical Idea. It's about real people. As they come to a a knowledge of who Jesus is. And as they repent. And as they turn his direction. And then join together. And and you get in the family portrait. Your picture gets put in there. That's what happens at the time of salvation. Um, You say, but man, the church has problems. Yeah. And guess what? You're the church. And so am I. That's the problem. And God is constantly at work in my life and and in in your life. But thanks be to God that although we all are a mess, He's redeemed us and He still loves us. And He doesn't want to divorce His bride. He doesn't want to ignore His bride. He doesn't want to dump His bride. He wants to love His bride. Warts and all. Matter of fact, a couple of verses. 1 Thessalonians 4.10 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 7 it commands us we're to love the family of believers. We're to love one another. 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 1 he says treat older men as fathers younger men as brothers older women as mothers younger women as sisters with absolute purity. It says Guys, our lives are are to be connected. Part of that photo shoot where he puts us in that portrait. Some of the pictures that we get. If if I was to ask many in churches, what is the church? Here's some of the portraits I'd probably receive. One might be a gas station. Well, I just need to get fuel to fill up so I can make it through this crazy world. Another picture might be a movie theater. Well, I just need some entertainment. I need some music that will stir my soul and some some preaching that will motivate me. And, and hopefully there will be some chairs that are comfortable. And, man, I went to that new movie theater. And the only trouble with me going to that new movie theater at the Pinnacle is if I lay back in that chair, I'll probably fall asleep and not even see the movie. But anyway, that's another issue. Some see it, though, as entertainment. Others see it as a pharmacy. Man, I need to get the bomb of Gilead. I I need to get myself medicated for Christ with His spiritual work. Others may see it simply as a a mall or some kind of superstore where everything is available. Uh, A buffet to meet my needs personally. The Bible, in turn, in the Scriptures, uses these type of pictures. The church is described as a bride. Jesus is the bridegroom. And if we love the bridegroom, we love the bride. You see, this idea of loving Christ but not loving the church, it's not consistent with God. Because when we love Him, we love them. Or us, all of us, as we're part of that. It's a picture of a body. And, and, you know, in this uh, first Corinthians chapter 12. And you know what would happen if there's rebellion in the body. One leg wants to go one way. The other leg wants to go the other way. One arm wants to do one crazy thing. Can you imagine the chaos? The body has to work together in order to achieve a task. And that is the the beautiful picture that's given in the Scriptures. And we're to roll up our sleeves and be part of the work as the body of Christ. And of course, as we've already mentioned, the picture of a family. And every family I know has got some problems. And some of my family, I may be the problem. But we're family. We're family. Third, we belong to the church because we've exchanged observing We're not just members, although we use that description of the church as a place of members. Jesus said, I will build my church. Romans 8 verse 17 says, now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of Christ. Co-heirs with Christ. That if we share in his sufferings, we may also share in his glory. There is a connectedness where we are part of it. We are co rulers, we are co sharers, co reigners with Jesus. That's what the scripture teaches. As a matter of fact, it's interesting in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says that the spiritual leaders of the church are. Gift that God gives to the body of Christ. It was He who gave some to be apostles. Some to be prophets. Some to be pastors and teachers. Gifts given by the Father. As He provides ownership in the church. Well, let's just start with membership. People say, well, there's really not membership that's spoken of in the Scriptures. But there is a picture of... As you go through, just read a couple of verses in Acts that mention the church. Not as some mystical concept, but as a certain body of people. Uh, Acts chapter 8, verse 3, where we read about Saul before his conversion. It says, Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison these individual men and women who were part of that church that was making such an impact Acts 11 verse 22 we read news of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch the church at Jerusalem Acts 14:27 we read On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. The church gathered together. 15, verse 3. We read, the church sent them on their way as they traveled. That specific group of people sent them. Verse 4 of chapter 15, it says, When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed By the church. There were hugs and handshakes that came from a specific group of people. The church. And the apostles and the elders who joined them. And in chapter 12 verse 1. One last one. It was about this time King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church. Matter of fact Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 2. Shepherd the flock of God. Exercising oversight. I mean, there should be a connection. Know who they are. Know where they are. Love them. Be an example to them of what it means to follow Christ. matter of fact, uh, 1 Timothy 5.17 tells us um, to follow the elders and to give them double honor especially those whose work is preaching and teaching as there's this connection to the church matter of fact there's commands that are given in the new testament and they're commands that we have to do it with somebody or for somebody a uh, 12:10 be devoted to one another rejoice with one another. Galatians 5.13, serve one another. Galatians 6.2, carry one another's burdens. Ephesians 4.32, forgive one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another. 1 Peter 4.9, offer hospitality to one another. James 5.16, pray for one another. Oftentimes when we hear about membership roles, it's sort of like joining a club. You get your membership card, you pay your dues, and then you get to play. But the picture really in the Scripture is not as a member simply being someone who says, well, I have an interest here, but I'm not willing to sacrifice. No, it's more a picture of ownership. The church is the Lord's. But when I come to the Lord, I am part of it. It is mine. He is mine and I am His. And there is this connection that comes together. You see, these people will be my people. This house will be my house. The mortgage will be my mortgage. It's a part of who I am. As He becomes a part of me. And as we together are connected through Jesus Christ. The ideas we looked at last week of cultural Christianity well, I'm a Christian just like I'm an American or congregational Christianity. I'll come a few times a year and that's enough for me. Maybe I'll get some business contacts or be encouraged a little bit coming those few times. It's more than that. It's to be our lives. As Paul said, for me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Can you imagine some of these other countries in the Middle East that we read about? If someone said, well, I think I'll just be a Christian to be popular in my community. That's what you get. That, that's not the picture. It's more than just being a part of a club. It's a part of belonging to Christ. That's the connection as God begins a work. And that's what he wants to do in, in the church in America. It's a pruning. And guys, we're headed that way. We have to examine, what does it mean to belong to Christ? Because it looks like it's becoming more and more apparent that to follow Christ is not going to be so easy in the future. There will be more cost that will be associated with it. To follow Christ means we've become a part of the resistance movement. Resisting the rule of self. (laughs) We've become a part of the family portrait where he's grafted us into that portrait Of the family of God. And it's more than observing, it's ownership in the body of Christ. Next, we belong because everybody is watching. There's ever a day where people are watching, where people are looking for hope and looking for something that's genuine and real. Our day is that day. People need God. But they don't know where to look. What about us? Will we be that place where people can look? When the church began, people thought they were a little nuts because they shifted the main day to worship God from Saturday to Sunday. It was a disturbing reality for many because Saturday was the day that had been outlined. It it was the Sabbath day. It was... The day of rest. But a new understanding occurred. As they saw what happened. With the ultimate love of God. That God looked upon our problems. And he saw that we were helpless. And hapless and hopeless. And he came. And his love was demonstrated. Calvary. He didn't stay in the grave. He arose from the grave. And so those worshipers, they came together and said, I cannot think of a better day to set aside a day that's holy, a day to worship together, than the day that my sins were paid for and that Jesus rose from the grave. And that became that ultimate time to come together and to worship that we so now enjoy. It used to be in our culture, they had the old blue laws, which, man, you didn't do certain things on Sunday. You didn't sell things in the stores. And you set aside that day because it was sacred. You set aside that day because it was holy. And you thought about God on that day. But as our culture continues to drift, it seems that fewer and fewer think about God on this day. Seems that fewer and fewer things are sacred on this day or any other day. To belong To the church means there's an understanding that God is watching and everybody else is watching. And and that sets us to see the truth, the reality that is before us. Some people say, preacher, you're being awful rough with this stuff. After all, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. True, but you don't have to go home to be married either. And I recommend both. You're married? It's a vital connection that is needed. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10, we're given a picture that the angels are watching. The church. The angels are interested in this idea of salvation, of redemption. Because they don't understand. They, they don't know what it means to be rescued by Jesus. And they're watching. They're bent over, is the picture I like to have. Just, what in the world? And we are part of that as they watch, as they look. Everyone watching. One final one. And I love this. Jesus Christ is not finished building. His church. He's not finished in Kingsway Baptist Church. He's not finished in any church that he is summoned, that he is called, that he has set apart. He is at work. And I, I, I love it as you look around our world. The truth is, in the Western Christianity, we see far too little Where God is moving and he's working. Many other parts of the world. It seems far easier to see his hand at work. As people seek his face. Do you realize today in Indonesia. There are so many Muslims coming to faith in Christ. That the government stopped keeping statistics. As Christ is at work. In China it's estimated now that there are more Christians than those who belong to the Communist Party. Christ is at work. Matter of fact, by conservative evangelical estimates, I read this week that every single day, 510 churches are started. Think about that. Every day, 510 times around this world, a church is born. Christ is not finished with His church And folks, we are a church. Let's pray. Father, I know I need renewal, Lord, as we talk about renewal. As we talk about your church of which we belong in Christ Jesus. And Lord, that message that at one point became clear to all of your children. Father, maybe there's one here today that... It's clear today. We need a Savior. We need a new start. We need forgiveness. We need the love that's unconditional. What a great time for a person who just got that today. To say, I want to trust Jesus. I want to be part of it. His church, His body, His family. I, I want to serve Him. I want to love Him. I, I want to know Him. No better moment uh, than right now to trust Jesus. Father, if there will be one here or there. Then, oh God, how awesome for them just to to trust you this moment. And to come and to tell the body of believers here. Lord, that we might rejoice with you in your work. Or maybe one here who has trusted you, said yes to you. But hasn't followed you in baptism. Hasn't entered the water to be faithful to that picture of death to self and going under the water and being raised to a new person and being able to share the testimony and picture of Jesus. Man, He's done the work in me. Uh, Father, maybe one needs to come for that purpose today. Father, maybe um, it's just a time of renewal as the altar is open. Maybe there's one here who is feeling called to come and to pray, Lord. Father, we want to belong, and we do belong. Father, sometimes we forget. Remind us, Lord, renew us, restore us. And Father, as we stand and as we sing, Father, may we obey. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.